For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Should we start the episode? Let's do it. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, from Los Angeles. We're joined by... I, uh, semi-nude Henry Zabrowski. I am currently in a pair of basketball shorts, uh, and nothing else. I have sweat. Right. Let's say coursing through this, my ridges. I'm going to go out <laughs> on a limb. Body. Henry, did you play basketball today? No, you I You did not. Okay. <laughs> I played the game called Walk from the Bedroom to the Living Room, because it is... 109 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unforgivable. I saw a raccoon out there with a lemonade. Oh, that is hot. But then uh, it had a seizure. Oh, that's and sad. We knew that that was uh, it was in the throes of having some sort mm-hmm. of brain tumor, and it was acting like a person. Well, you heard that uh, right out of the mouths of Henry, everybody. Sugar-free lemonade. Sugar-free sugar free lemonade. Can you believe it? Get That's in right. seizures. Got to get the sugar-free, otherwise you're going to have a raccoon seizure. <laughs> you're going to have a raccoon seizure. Um, I am right. I am fucking hot here. Good. And I, I, I am going to say yes, and we were talking about a very special guest that's going to be on this week's A to Z that you don't know about. Yeah. And I can't tell you even what the theme is about, Ooh. but I can tell you that, let's just say, this man is no longer well-known, but... Right. <laughs> is a man that sang a commercial parody theme song that struck the nation mm-hmm. that runs alongside, topic-wise, what we do here at Last Podcast on the left. Would it be about ghosts or <laughs> busting them? or Shut your... Shut your fucking mouth. Because NBC <laughs> NBC lawyers are literally just going to literally helicopter in through my fucking ro- my roof. Like right. the, the, the way the AT- does. Yeah, the way the ATF uh, went through uh, the Waco home. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be me just down here with me with my four wives um, mm-hmm. in their gingham dresses. And the NBC lawyers are going to take our fucking shoes. Well, you're so hot over there in Los Angeles. So let's get transported to a much different land with a much different temperature the freezing cold land of russia today oh yes and we got a big hitter today finally oh i caught a foul ball i caught a oh my god is this a child's uterus Mm. (laughs) (laughs) that's a different kind of baseball that's the old russian pastime of Hitting a child's uterus out of the park. <laughs> Andre Chicatello. We're talking yeah, the about the butcher him. of Rostov. Andre the no bone zone Chicatello. <laughs> this literally, uh, yeah, pretty much as we'll go in, we'll discover this is all about something Viagra could have solved. Oh, if, yeah. if the Pfizer company was around <laughs> and Viagra heard about uh, Mr. Chicatello's issues, I don't think we would have so many dead people. Uh, lining the streets of Russia. 56 dead women and children between 1978 and 1990 in the uh, Russian uh, Soviet Federation Socialist Republic. And so uh, rolls right off the tongue. (laughs) Absolutely. He was uh, the most prolific Soviet serial killer. He uh, was known as the Butcher of Rostov, the Red Ripper, the Rostov Ripper, uh, (laughs) also known as No no Fun Mr. Uncle Man. That's right. So I was researching this, and I went to sleep, and I literally had this 
nightmare uh, that was so vicious, and I never have nightmares. Normally when I have nightmares, I see something scary in my dream, and I'm like, fucking coo. Right. Because <laughs> I th- that's how my brain works now. But I had a dream where I accidentally killed a baby, and it fucking ruined my day. Ruined your entire day even, huh? Like I woke up like literally because it was me. I had accidentally dropped a baby down a flight of stairs, <laughs> and a baby rolled down a flight. It's really, I mean, yes, it's Mark's brother's a little bit. But the woman shrieked and screamed, and then um, Eddie pulled me aside and was just like, buddy, just get out of here. There's no video. They can't prove you did it. It's all work against hers. Eddie's it was perfect. pretty great. I mean, why'd the woman hand you the baby? It's her fault. It's on remember. the mother. Um, so this Andrea Chikatilo is, I would say, a combination, uh, to be honest, between BTK and Ramirez. And he's also got a fair amount of uh, Gacy in him as well. I mean, this guy, he's a hodgepodge of everybody. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he really is. I don't think, I mean, I know that you did mention the Gacy thing earlier, Marcus, as well, but I can't see him clowning. (laughs) And I I can't really see him holding down a steady um, government job with the amount of dedication that BTK had to his craft of basically just being a paid annoyance. Well, this we'll guy... Be- uh, well, uh, Andre Chikatilo was an ardent communist. This mm-hmm. is a guy who believed 100% in the ideals of uh, Lenin, Stalin, and all of the other various uh, Russian leaders out there. He was a government worker all throughout his life, uh, and he definitely had a lot of the same personality traits as Dennis Rader. Not but liked def- by anyone. Right. No, he was liked by no one. He was considered perfectly average, but what he, ha- what he had was this thing was he really did believe he was superior to people um and it's just the brutality of his crimes i went through i i walked i watched a bunch of uh, it was like you know weird slideshows of hit the murder victims like all the different crime scene photos and they are fucking brutal he was a monster and he was the perfect he was the perfect predator and the fact that right. he looked like again very similar to sort of like an albert fish where he looked like a kindly grandfather so, so, like sort of unassuming man and that's how he got his victims he basically would call them out into the forest and then he'd give them stabby stab and then right. he would do a shooty shoot in his in his fucking probably white government issue russian whitey tidies <laughs> that's right so next time you go and meet your grandfather kids uh Check under his nails for blood. <laughs> See if there's any dried blood there. But uh, let's go into what created this monster. These are a lot of traits that we're going to talk about here in his childhood, similar to a lot of other serial killers that we've covered in the past. Absolutely. He was born in 1933, I believe, uh, in uh, the uh, Ukraine. Uh, there were When he was born, he had lesions on his brain. He had water on his brain, bit of a water baby, so he had yeah. the head injuries that a lot of them had. Right. Uh, what, how um, does that water get there? What ha- is it too humid in the womb? What happens? <laughs> that is funny. They need a dehumidifier. Yeah, get it in there. Water babies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fix up and your he womb, was born woman. In the town of Yablokny. Yeah. Yab- uh, what was that in town? Yablokny. Yablokny. In Sumi. Yablokny in Sumi Oblast. I'm gonna tell. Yeah, you block me. I'm gonna even s- know me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that to somebody who cuts me in line while I'm waiting to buy a candy bar. You blocked me. <laughs> what are you doing? Get behind but me. Also, let's just say that Lebluckney 
was not necessarily a surfing town. No. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a, it wasn't a summer getaway. Not a San Diego. The uh, Saved by the Bell cast weren't going there for a random spring break situation. Oh, no. Andre Chicatello lived and grew up uh, in some of the most bleak cities and uh, countrysides that Soviet Russia had to offer in the 20th century. He was born in the middle of what was eventually right. known as the Holodomor, uh, which means extermination by hunger. Yes, and it was mm-hmm. Stalin imposed this with like, well, they were basically there was the forced collectivization of agriculture. So everybody that was working, everybody worked for the government, and anybody who grew anything had to send it to the main hub, and Ukraine right. got the least of it. So when he was, where he was growing up, this is the first instance we're going to really see this in a big hitter. Is it like, yes, a lot of these people have like <laughs> child abuse and stuff like that, but he was literally born during a Holocaust. Like, he was born in the middle well, of, right. like, the, people were eating each other well, in I mean, order to is, live. This is child abuse on a, on a grand scale. If you're a true communist, you you believe the government should fill the role of your parents and this is a very uh, abusive government but uh but the interesting thing is yeah what you were talking about with collectivism the only reward is they get to farm a little bit more yeah they didn't yes. they, they didn't get paid but they're like and you can work even a little bit harder and grow your own carrots yeah the, his parents received absolutely no wages for their work the only thing that they got was exactly what you said they got the right to cultivate a plot of land right uh no and, seeds or help doing it <laughs> just you know. the right and in this holocaust they say anywhere between 1.8 and 12 million Ukrainians died in this. They really don't know exactly how many uh, died. But him and his sister, I mean, they survived by eating leaves. They ate grass, anything around. He grew up in enormous hardship, but despite this, was still an ardent communist, loved communism, believed in the Soviet ideal for his entire life. mm -hmm. He believed that, again, if he followed the programming and did what he had to do, that he would, that it's fair that the, 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 like, kind of you can see the seeds of his psychosis already being planted here mm-hmm. where he was kind of brought up with this idea of that no matter what it, will, it is fair and it's taken care of and then basically you're going to find out that he got he constantly got the short end of the stick never mind the fact that his dick didn't work well that and that's really the the, the stick that, the shortest uh, stick of the, all that's yeah. the, the saddest thing about the whole story but it's very similar to what the people feel in North Korea they think it's their fault that they're starving they think it's their fault mm-hmm. they're not you know, getting ahead and they don't realize that they have no chance from the very beginning oh yeah and and this is the worst town in Russia. I mean, the best town in Russia looks like that movie that Matt Forte was in, uh, Nebraska. That's like the that's like a metropolis for the yeah, Soviet the Union. This is the Russia worst. Like it was the best town in Russia looks like it's frozen in 1977. But the worst town in Russia looks like um, they're they're I mean they're still digging like potatoes at a rock farms. Right, <laughs> the hard potato farms. Well, Chikatilo, uh, as he grew up, he was constantly told by his mother uh, a story. She said that his older brother, who was born before him, had been kidnapped and cannibalized by starving neighbors. Now go to sleep, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, now go to sleep. Andre, are you asleep yet? Steppen was eaten like chocolate by Mr. Zempa. <laughs> and then like, you know, and then just a picture of Stepan on the wall and just him with golden braids and he's super fat and he was just like... Oh, I couldn't possibly eat another sausage. Wait. And they were like, everybody's yeah. just watching, like, oh, like he was Kim Kardashian's butt. That's the thing. Everything, everything in Russia is slightly more depressing than it here is here in the States. We had like three little pigs. That's kind of disturbing. Yeah. I think theoretically, uh, you know, what uh, three little pigs and then um, Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. You know, the wolf ate a 
her, her grandmother. Yeah, ate the grandmother. You know. It was fine. You know, they sewed up. They cut her out, sewed up his right. stomach full of rocks, threw him in the river. That's not that bad, but it's not your not older great. brother was uh, eaten was, by neighbors. Right. And I was also pretty traumatized by the fact that I never got that Ghostbusters firehouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I understand where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. So keeping in step with a lot of other serial killers, of course, uh, he was abused by his mother uh, fairly badly, uh, and he was a bedwetter, uh, which is Typical. another thing that we see in serial killers, and his mother used to beat him every single time that he wet the bed. Uh, and, his and how else are you going to make it super shameful? Right, right. <laughs> You know, you gotta beat them. Guys out there who's got, if you have kids, remember that. If you're, if they're wet in the bed, if they got a head injury, make sure you dress them in a dress and tell everybody that you bought them from a, from a whorehouse for a, a bucket of bubble gum. I mean, <laughs> in Chicatello's defense, the bathroom was probably just old pig bones that was like in the corner of the living room or something, you know? He's like, well, might as well just I pee mean, at here. at the same time, we're in the middle of the Homoldivore. You got to be saving that pee and drinking it, am I right? <laughs> Come on. Oh, so you think it was his mother? These spoiled kids. Back in my day, we didn't waste any urine. <laughs> so, in addition to growing up in the Hollow de uh, he also uh, lived through the German occupation of Soviet Russia during right. World War II, which was particularly brutal. Yes. I mean, well, wait a second. I thought that they were part of the Nazi playground swing brigade that would go in and install playground swings and and, and Jumpy horses for the kids. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't get that program. No, you read. You read the wrong pamphlet. No, no. Oh. He was. No, he was more in the uh, German soldier comes in and rapes my mother, and she has an illegitimate child by him. Um, oh. Part of the German occupation. He program C. Yes, <laughs> different. He must have. He must have checked off the wrong box when they got the paperwork. Everyday life for him was corpses, blood, uh, body parts everywhere. Uh, he watched him and his mother watched their little hut get burned. Burned down, uh, and of course, you know his mother was raped by German soldiers. He lived through all this stuff, and the entire time, his father yeah. was being kept in a concentration camp, having surrendered to the Germans. Which, of course, mm. later on, Andre would blame uh, some of his, uh, you know, I guess, unsuccessful uh, ventures into the Soviet world on his father being a POW yeah. captive of the Germans. But that was just sort of the first Russian version of that television show, uh, the home. Show the renovation show where the this guy old says, house no where the guy says move that truck and then they show everyone their brand new house oh I thought I thought it was the other Russian show my raped mom yeah no that one was only on the air for seventeen seasons um, but the other thing uh, but but about that basically Stalin had a policy during his time because his father was allowed basically they viewed anybody who was a prisoner of war as having allowed themselves to be taken prisoner traitors so he they, it was such a shame to have been imprisoned and survived. They thought right. that any, any Soviet soldier should either win or die. Well, the policy um, was also, they also had the policy where the US, the Soviet troops were aiming all their weapons at the farmers, the Russian farmers being like, you know, fight or yeah. die. You know, it was a real damned yeah. if you do situation. Yeah, there was a big reason why Russia had the largest casualties out of any army in World War II. Something like 11 million somewhere around well, there. Was more, I thought it was 20. It was a 20. It, it was I mean, a, a ridiculously high number. The Russians have very little uh, regard for life as far as their soldiers and go. And I will say. And because of their natural stores of plutonium, a lot of these people are Siamese twins. So what we're looking at is <laughs> right. sometimes people count as two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 40 million. 
40. 40 million. <laughs> Everyone knows it. So in September of 44, Chikatilo started going to school. Very shy, very studious, actually extremely intelligent. He was able to memorize long strings of meaningless numbers. They just give him a lot. Like he was able to memorize pi up until a very high decimal point. Yeah. They would just give him these long strings of numbers and say, like, Andre, repeat him back to us, kind of like a little parlor trick. Unfortunately, right. extremely nearsighted. Uh, couldn't see the blackboard. Uh, so school for him was a very stressful place, especially considering that he was bullied quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine why, though. It's, it seems like he was Mr. Personality, especially when he when he couldn't get glasses because the Russian glasses back in the day were just bigger letters. And if you couldn't get the letters bigger, like right. let's say, you know, because the chalk was too busy being used to um, feed babies, <laughs> that they can't, uh, you know, that's the problem. So he had a hard time seeing. He had a hard time in school. So he was, like, he was a Linus-type character. Mm -hmm. he had the stink lines coming off of him. Everyone knew he was poor. Not you know good. what he could have used was Pogs. Pogs, Pogs got great. me a lot of friends when I was in middle school. Pokemon might have helped him out a little bit, you know. So one uh, of the kids, one of his bullies, they claimed that his breasts were too big, uh, <laughs> and they all called him Baba. Uh -huh. which is a derogatory term for women, uh, and it stuck. So he yeah. was known as Baba, the big titty boy, for a, <laughs> for a very, very long time. This has literally <laughs> taken me back to <laughs> camp. I know, man. If it wasn't for comedy... You know, yeah, the, the, the sheer abuse. I mean, I had large, I had um, visible bosoms at a young age as well. Everybody really? did. Everybody. Everyone. It's, it's so weird to think. Everybody Kevin, did. Kevin Barnett from the round table. Mm -hmm. People just called him Titty, I believe, for a little while. <laughs> he didn't particularly enjoy that. Now he's got a television show. And he wears very loose shirts. Yeah. Uh, another kid happened to take get a look at uh, Chikatilo's penis while he was peeing one day. Uh, started making fun of the right. shape of his foreskin. Uh, well, and is, that got around the school. Question. So now everyone's making fun of the shape of his foreskin. So he's got big titties and he's got weird foreskin. Yes. These are two things that are very sensitive for a young boy to have to deal with. Yes. Yes, absolutely. This is like I want to ask this question about if we have Russian listeners or people. Like it seems like these kids start fucking in Russia really early, yeah, and that they are very sexually aware really early. Because this is also where that because he became known for being impotent during this time period, where it's just like, are kids just fucking by the age of 12? I mean, they didn't exactly have uh, the voice to go home and watch. <laughs> you know, they were, there was an American Idol. There was nothing to do. Fucking in vodka. That's pretty much it. Fucking in vodka. Yeah, yeah. and just everybody's just getting, like, finger popped in the back of, like, by, like, by, like a fucking the cart full of yams. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all just, like, everyone's just been like, oh, Sarka, Sarka, stand still. I have to finger your rosebud before we are turned into soup. Yeah, and it's that. like, is that cool? Is that good? Is that like the Sandlot for them? Horador, that's the name of it? Uh, the Holobdomor. Holobdomor? Holobdomor. I think their state bird is just fucking in vodka. And everyone's like, that's not a bird. They're like, I don't know anything else. Also, <laughs> so again, Holobdomor is not exactly the poppiest name. If they no. really needed to have, if they wanted more awareness, it should have been called like, hunger is now. Yeah, now is hunger. I mean, yeah, they need like a PR guy. It sounds like a place that Frodo and Sam are trying to go to. And yes, there's it does. A ring it does involved, sound like a Harry and, Potter like gymnasium. Yeah. Sort of we must token. pass through the swamps of Holodomor. Yeah, Sam just picks up a drinking problem. Token story just derails. <laughs>
Frodo's just fucking all the chicks in, t- in town. So Chikatilo grew up to be pretty big dude. Yeah. In fact, uh, when he was a teenager, his nickname was Andre Sela, which means Andre the Strong, Andrew the Strong. This is what I was... It's better, I'm it's sorry. better than when you remember when uh, David Koresh was called Mr. Retardo? <laughs> <laughs> this is a better nickname. <laughs> Mr. Re- I mean, it sounds like you should be wearing a towel for a cape and have a, a random sponge that he throws at kids. Every time he eats jelly, he becomes 10 times his size. <laughs> That's my power sponge. But this is what's so great about this. This was a fairly short time period before he went from, you know, Baba, the big-breasted uh, boy, to... Uh, to uh, Andre the Strong. The Strong Man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at 14, and I don't think he gave himself that nickname. They gave it to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was able, and he uh, started getting a manual labor in 1952 uh, at the age of 16. He worked at a brick factory all summer. And Unfor- that was the fun job. Yeah. Right. Un- in your block knee. <laughs> Unfortunately, part of a wall fell down on him, which yeah. may have uh, contributed to a head injury. And then the next summer, he worked on a collective farm, uh, and he was using a horse-drawn rake, uh, and that also fell on him. Everything was falling on him. <laughs> oh, this guy... Well, the age of 16, I was working in Hollywood video, so I think I understand his plight. Did you ever have a wall of videos fall on you? No, no, but I did see, uh, remember that Outcast, that that movie where it's like they're they're teaching each other to to snowboard? The Outsiders. That was a travesty. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text and that helps you save time i know i'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics now part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts now so what i've done to do is like so while i'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Ashley's Memorial Day mattress sale is going on now. Save big on select adjustable mattress sets up to $1,200 on Beautyrest Black, up to $800 on Purple, and up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic. Plus, get 72-month special financing with select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Visit your local Ashley store or ashley.com for better sleep and savings. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details. So, you know, he graduated. uh, He was the only person from his collective farm to complete high school. uh, And he graduated in 1954. Great grades. uh, And he was such an ardent communist that when Stalin died, 
He cried. He was sad. Yeah, and this is a man who instituted... This is how weird his thought process was, because this is the man that instituted policies that uh, resulted in him having to eat grass and leaves. He said that right. he didn't eat bread until he was 12, mm-hmm. but he believed in communism so strongly that there was this weird cognitive dissonance with him. Yeah, um, but John Wayne Gacy kind of suffered from the same thing. You know, like This is the idea of, like, because they believe it's that being a part of the Communist Party would make you like a big man. He always had this superiority complex mm-hmm. and he thought at the time because that's kind of what the the basically the propaganda was is that if you join up with the with the company and you work with the state right. you're they're going to take care of you but of course they just forgot about ukraine yeah of course uh so of course as we mentioned many mm-hmm. and many a time uh Impotence. That was the defining factor in Andre Chikatilo's life. Uh, you, and you'll see that from now on. And again, I guess goes back to prove the theories that as soon as the violent impulse is connected to the sexual impulse, these guys are done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like at the age of 17, this was the, the very first incident where he started to make that connection. Uh, he jumped on an 11-year-old friend of a younger sister, yeah. uh, wrestled her to the ground, and as the girl just struggled, just came in his pants. Right, and that's right. called and that's called making a strudel, <laughs> and that's an old term that you that you people used to say. It's like any single time, you know, it's just like, oh, what, what's old Andre doing? He's like, oh, he's out making strudels, you know. And it's just uh, girls just had to cover themselves in yak milk so they'd be too slippery to be anywhere near him. But you know, <laughs> I mean, Andy Kaufman did a very similar thing. What? That yes. was the only way that Andy Kaufman could come oh, was literally we, wrestling women. All he would true. do is jump on him and grind on him. So at this point, I mean, he's just on his way to be sort of an abstract artist. <laughs> you know, he just ne- he just needs a comic strip to open up or or a giggles to open up down the street. He'd crush. <laughs> well, the man was absolutely terrified of women. Uh, if a girl sat next to him in class, he'd move. Right. Uh, and you also start to see at this time this connection that he has uh, that comes later with uh, equating sex with shame. Yeah, uh, but yes. not shame on himself, shame with other people. That well, because he'd look at them. It, it was kind of like this thing. Because like I remember going through a period where I was like, you know, bigger and kind of would have dark thoughts and start thinking about stuff like that. Where you're just like, like, oh yeah, they're in love, isn't that nice? And, and he'd basically just like watch people just being like, you're in love, huh? oh, you love each <laughs> other. Huh? Well, I got nothing. You know, it's just like just pull on his fucking spaghetti strand. and He's got nothing going on downstairs, right. and um, it makes a man angry. Yeah. You you remember going through that time or? You're you're going through that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I do is what I my big thing is I like to go to dog parks and what I do is I make tuna sandwiches and I just fucking throw them at couples walking dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog loves it, I'm sure. Oh, dogs gets, are having a great yeah, time. Yeah, gets to eat all that tuna sandwich. Yeah, Chickatilla was he was a good looking guy. He had no problem <laughs> getting. I don't know. Well, I mean, he was I'd go as far again. As call good uh, okay, let's Hormador or whatever the name remember, of his town was. Remember the context, Henry. We're talking. Soviet Russia. We're talking <laughs> 1950s Russia here. By those yeah, standards, Andre Chikatilo, good-looking guy. It was like no picture ever looked like, you know, like an American Eagle ad. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. That never accidentally happened over there. Well, he had. He was good-looking enough where he could still get women to, once he eventually got over that initial fear, he could still get women to, you know, at least get to the point of possibly having sex with him. Yeah. But he just couldn't ever stay hard. Well, he was a hell of a chef. 
Hell of a cook. <laughs> and girls teased him about it all the time, just constantly. Every time yeah. that he couldn't get hard, the girls would always tease him about it, which that just built up the rage inside of him. I will he, say, if you're on a date with a guy and he takes you home and then you find out he's got a very small penis or he can't get hard, laugh after. Get out. <laughs> after. Then, then just laugh very after. Concerned with, be very concerned and supportive in his presence, right. and then you can call him Pickle Dick. Right, pickle <laughs> dick for the rest, the rest of his, of his life. life. Yeah, totally. Everyone will be on your side. It's just a friend of mine had, went home with a fella who had a micro penis, and uh, man, she was a real actress that night. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> you just want to laugh. You have, you know. but you have you have to be sensitive. No, you got yeah, to absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, the, the story of Gumby was loosely based on the life of Andre Ticatello yeah, as well. well. It was based on his penis, I believe. Yes. <laughs> well, he it wasn't all sadness and, you know, Soviet moods for Andre in 1957. <laughs> Soviet moods. Soviet moods. Soviet moods needs to be a candle scent. <laughs> Maybe light up that yeah, Soviet moods. It's just moods. like the sounds of, like, rocks being tumbled down the down a fucking weird oil-filled gully. And then this <laughs> Uh, Love. My yak is blind. <laughs> well, he did make one friend, uh, and this is a, a man who really didn't have any friends throughout his life. There were some people that he worked with later on that didn't mind him, but it seems like the only friend he ever had was an Austrian guy that he met at a uh, international youth festival in Moscow in 1957. He but had he a was, pen pal. The thing about him that's interesting, he was going out and trying to meet people, yeah. very much like Dahmer. Opposite of the man that you have on your T-shirt, Ed Gein. Yes. You know, who's more of a shut-in, kind of a, I mean, just a, a grave robber for the most part, other oh. than the two kills. Oh, yeah. But um, but he, was, he did try man. to be social. Yeah. You know? Well, it's because he was kind of raised, he just kind of thought that he could do it. Like, because that was his whole thing. That's why he got into the getting into his own education. And that's what he's, and that's why he joined the army, which we'll talk about soon, is that he was a, he thought he could better himself because he thought he was a genius. He kind of right. had that BTK syndrome where he just thought that he, he was better than everybody else. And that eventually that became poisonous. And, and like BTK, who worked for the state, and like, uh, again, uh, Gacy, who was a Democrat, by the way, of course, uh, that is the closest <laughs> thing to a communist that we have here in America. Um, but they feel like if they have the power of the state behind them, they can get away with anything. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as uh, his mindset goes, he suffered. He was eventually diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which we see in borderline. Yeah, we see that in a lot of serial killers. Bord is that like the personality? Song what borderline? Is that like the Madonna song borderline? Yes, <laughs> it is it's exactly like the Madonna song borderline. I'm just yes. saying, if you're a doctor in this situation, go full on personality disorder. <laughs> Why borderline it? You don't. That, no. Borderline is the name of the personality disorder. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, I hate, to, I like, I hate to say this, uh, Mr. Chicatello, but we've got your test back, and apparently you've got frowny fever. <laughs> Best doctor. Oh, it's, also, it's also followed up with a case... Uh, terribly, I'm in spaghetti pants. I'm sorry. You have you have spaghetti pants. I, I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> so you're saying I'm, I'm depressed with a limp dick? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, borderline personality disorder, it, it's definitely marked by uh, an extreme inability to form relationships with other people. Their emotions are extremely turbulent. Uh, they see signs where signs aren't there. They get overly attached to people uh, every once in a while. And in extreme cases, it can definitely lead to violence. I once dated a girl with borderline personality disorder yeah. there was knives involved at one point it's like that's what they said at the same time it's very similar to being um like a diagnosed psychopath where they talked about i've been reading this 
great book called The Psychopath Test, which we when we we kind of covered a bit of it when we took the side the a version of the psychopath test like right. two years ago on last podcast, but. What, the big thing they say about psychopaths is when you test them, basically they were, they were doing this series of tests and th- what they would do is warn them they were going to get shocked. Uh, and they took people that were diagnosed as psychopath and people who were not and basically gave them a countdown and they measured their brain waves as they were about to receive the shock. And basically a normal person would experience apprehension before the shock happened. But a psychopath would not. They would literally just sit there calmly and then go, and he said they would let out a form of shriek mm. and they literally just go like, ah! And then they would be fine. Right. And, but they said that the, the way their brains are, it's like, so it's, again, uh, Andre Chikatilo suffered from this thing of like, with them, you know, they say where you read like symptoms of being a psychopath. Yeah. If you feel nervous that you're, that you are seeing these symptoms pop, pop up in your own life, you are not a psychopath yes. right. because you're feeling nervous. Well, I would call it, <laughs> I would just call it the uh, put me in coach syndrome because yes. it seems like something a great middle linebacker in the NFL would have, you know, and be like, I know I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put me in coach. <laughs> so Andre joined the army compulsory uh, military services, you know, all Russian men had to go through at the time. Uh, but this, when he's in the army, this is when he really gets his first taste of violence and uh, sexuality together. He was on right. a date with the girl. He started cuddling her. She told him, stop, I I don't want this. But as she tried to push him away, he just squeezed harder and harder. And the more that she struggled and the more she screamed, the more turned on he got. And, of course, eventually, and I will be saying this sentence a lot, ejaculated in his pants. (laughs) Yes. He did a lot of ejaculating into his pants. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, he was making strudels all over Russia. This was also known as the Ben Kissel maneuver. I mean, I've never come a day in my life. I'm constantly hard, though. Uh, because I, <laughs> I went to the wa- wrong warlock when I was 17. <laughs> so after he got out of the army, uh, he went back to his native village to live with his parents, uh, started dating this girl who was divorced from her husband, but in the course of a three-year relationship, he could never uh, get, her, get an erection, could never achieve intercourse. And so the girl, like, innocently just asked her friends, like, hey, like, how do I get him hard? Like, yeah. he won't get hard. How do I do it? And, of course, as soon as she asked her friends this, the word that Chikatilo couldn't get a hard on spread all around the village. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he tried to kill himself because of it. He tried to hang himself. But I, mean, these say, are- but I, I feel like that happens so often in Yablachna. <laughs> it's like not even, that's what he said. But like he says here, he was, he was like, God was going behind my back. What is praying that I was impotent? I was so ashamed. I cried to hang myself. My mother and some young neighbors pulled me out of the noose. I had to run away from there, away from a homeland. Homeland. Homeland? <laughs> Did you say homeland? <laughs> you said homeland. You said no. You said homeland. Oh, I'm sorry. My homeland. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> That's Russia, though. I mean, the machismo culture, you yeah. know? Yeah. Women want you to be hard all the time over there. That's why they drink so much whiskey, just to let it go to sleep every now and again. <laughs> or vodka, rather. Vodka, oh, yeah. And, of course, after this incident, he said he had to move out of his homeland. He so had to move. He had to move. Because he had erectile dysfunction. He had to move to Russia. 
from the Ukraine into mainland Russia. Uh, he got a job as a communications engineer in Rostov-on-Don. Cue the moving on up theme yeah. from the Jeffersons, <laughs> if you would, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> when you said that, I just pictured his penis trying to get hard so bad. <laughs> moving on up. Yeah, he would have hated that song. Oh, yeah. So Rostov, uh, to give a bit of a background on this town, Rostov would be where Andre would commit the majority of his murders over the over, from 1978 uh, to 1994. Rostov was a bleak, bleak 92. town. 92, 92. Bleak, no bleak. even by Soviet standards, it was a bleak <laughs> town. It wasn't a beautiful metropolis? <laughs> what? what? No, it was said in Russia that uh, if Odessa is the mother of crime, then the Rostov is its father. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, go, go, that's so sad. <laughs> Going back to this woman that ratted, out, uh, ratted him that ratted him out for not being able to get his bone up. Uh, out of out of all the uh, disgusting Russian men that were around her, constantly trying to bang her with huge hard-ons, don't you think she would have appreciated? A more sympathetic penis? Absolutely not. As you'll no. see, as you'll start seeing, once we really get into his victims and the type of women that he eventually uh, started, you know, killing, yeah. uh, then you'll see that that the attitude of it's a, really in Soviet Russia at this time. It's really strange because there's a very puritanical attitude towards sex going on outwardly, but as far yeah. as people just actually fucking, it happens a lot. Like they used, to, they used to use the term like the euphemism at the time was relaxing. Let's yeah. go, let's go somewhere and relax. Maybe he just took it literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rostov was. Uh, it's one of those places in Russia where it's a magnet for all the smaller settlements around it. So it's a very transient town. There are right. people constantly coming in and out. So it makes it very difficult for police to track people. Mm -hmm. So someone may be in the town for a week and then they'll leave. So uh, it's the perfect place for someone like Andre to kill as many people well, as we're possible. We're also going to find out later down the line he got a perfect job too which yeah. took him from took right. him traveling all over remote parts of Russia so that he was committing crimes all in a huge space yeah uh, because he was traveling by public transportation on these weird choo-choo trains run on fucking tubers I don't know what they <laughs> yeah I think there. it was tubers like being pulled by men but attached by chains I don't know Russia is bad it's a bad <laughs> but you know I mean um it's interesting he worked at a brick factory and of course another person who was very good at building bricks H.H. Holmes anytime you and of course he had just fluid people coming you know yeah. in and out and then of course he was traveling as well so it is a perfect storm if you want to kill especially back then where everyone wasn't tracked like they are now <laughs> when the facial recognition software right. takes all of our photos from I've the selfies that we're state. all taking I know what's happening <laughs> <laughs> we all know it. Uh, so, of course, once he gets to Rostov, his troubles with women don't start. And this is another thing that he uh, shares with BTK. He's definitely a fucking nerd. Uh, at yes. one point, uh, he found a woman that he very much liked. He had a big crush on her. But instead of telling her that he liked her, he instead wrote an article for the local newspaper praising her as a model worker. That's very romantic. <laughs> well, let's just say the, that is technically the Russian... That's the Russian OK Cupid. Yes, <laughs> it's you write a you write a a very stoutly worded recommendation to the community newsletter. I mean, in his head, he's like, step one, I'll do this. I'll write this letter in the local newspaper about how beautiful this woman is. If that doesn't work, I'll tell her how many numbers I know of pi. Uh, so <laughs> I really hope the newspaper will just wrestle with her till I come into my pants. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, probably do probably go back to uh, option three there. Well, option four was masturbating constantly. Okay. Uh, 
which he did. And anytime he was struck with the urge, he had to masturbate immediately. His uh, job at the point at this point was communicate a communications engineer, which he worked on repairing telephone lines quite a bit. And he did that in the woods quite often, which the woods would eventually become the place where he felt most comfortable killing people. So right. it's at this time that it's possible that that connection between sex and the woods was made because he would just wander off into the woods to masturbate. But one day, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the nearsightedness that we uh, mentioned earlier got the best of him as he walked away from uh, his workers who were having a bit of a lunch break. Uh, and he thought that he was out of sight because he could not see them. Well, he put it on his invisibility cloak, which means he urinated <laughs> on his pants. Yes, and he got that from the wild the wild fields of Moldavor from his magical right. fucking realm that he's lived in. Mm. So, unfortunately, they could still very much see Andre, uh, uh, and he started openly masturbating in the woods, uh, at which point the group leader saw him and yelled, Andre goes into the woods to masturbate! Now, that is not clever. <laughs> it's not clever. They're Russians but also, again. This whole thing, it feels like a bit from a Marx Brothers, <laughs> like the most depressing Marx Brothers movie, where the Marx Brothers yeah. are forced to eat their youngest Marx brother as babies, and then now they're, they're, they work for a brick factory and they masturbate right. in the woods. Loses his glasses. <laughs> I mean, he should have just looked at him and been like, who's hard now? Who's hard, who's hard now, men? He could have played it up. Nothing, nothing makes men respect you more. Oh yeah! Why are you looking at, at me? Them about how hard you are. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he could have had that counter argument in both situations with the foreskin and the masturbation. Why are you looking at me, guys? Yeah. Why are you looking at my dog? You he, know, he was not clever at comebacks. No, 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 no. Very embarrassed man. Very easily embarrassed. I will say that is an embarrassing thing to get caught doing. It is yes, extremely yeah. embarrassing to get yes. caught masturbating in the woods on your lunch break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the lunch break. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. That goes on the progress report. Yeah, <laughs> that's not gonna. That's not gonna miss. The, fucking, the evaluation sequence. Also, he's starting to kind of sound like a comedian uh, who travels for work. Yeah. Oh, I will say that. So 1963, he finally gets married to a woman called Fyodosia Olnacheva. Mm. Uh, Let me also put this out there. In Fyodosia, Fyodosia, lovely woman, mm. falls into the serial killer, like sort of the, the, the normal category for uh, the serial killer beard wife which is known as, um, she's handsome. Right. <laughs> you know, let's put it that way. She's very, she's a handsome woman. Right. Right. I mean, it, it is very interesting. I like that. It, there is a similarity there. A serial killer beard. Yeah. That, that is definitely a real thing. And he used this woman as his beard for years and years and years in a m- number of different ways. Uh, it was He described it as pretty much an arranged marriage. He got married to her two weeks after he met her. It was set up by his younger sister and her husband. Uh, and, of course, he couldn't fuck his wife anymore that he could fuck any other woman. Right. He did father two children by her, but the only way he was able to do that was by jerking off into his hand and then sticking his uh, semen stained fingers in her vagina. Holy shit, that gets a woman pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, not And, and in Russian, that's called a broshkargosh, which yeah. means um, it means uh, putting, putting in the mail slot. 
loosely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's at this time that, you know, his, the urges that he has, his fantasies start getting stronger and stronger. He can't, he, it's almost starting to become unbearable because nothing's happening with his wife. Uh, and he's starting to feel ineffectual. And of course, the Soviet ideas that he had, the Soviet ideals that he had in his head, as we said earlier, right. uh, it, it's strength above all. That you are the Soviet state gives you strength. You are a superhuman. You too can be the man of steel. Everyone is yep. equal. So if you are equal to Stalin, then you are also a superman. Uh, right. So eventually, it just kind of developed into like strength for strength's sake. It's a, they had a very like core ape like brain. That's also one of the reasons they lost the war because all of their tanks were so massive and clunky and stupid, mm-hmm. and they used so much gasoline that they were completely ineffective. Yeah, but they liked I mean, the noises. They loved the noise. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Ah, oh, yeah, I love that big one. I mean, they're just like Neanderthals. These guys. Oh. But I will say that they are. They were a very brave people during World War Two. They just um um they were just all. F- fucked up and everything else fucked up. Yeah. So 1970, uh, he did a correspondence course. He got his uh, degree in Russian literature uh, and started... Which was just being able to read the pamphlet that they handed you at the time. Right. <laughs> uh, and then uh, after he, before, right before he got the degree, he uh, managed regional sports activities for about a year. He was a manager of regional sports activities in Russia? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> what? What? Which what's, is called like yeah? It was a kick gasoline canister to nearby mine factory, yeah. and um, love and that. Another again. great sport, which was just called like man with no legs is dragged by cart. <laughs> sort of the old chariot races there, yeah. Well, yes. you know, it's appropriate that you mention mines because he uh, eventually got a job in a town called Novoshuksk. Novoshuksk. Nova Nothing is like the beautiful mm. hills and valleys of Nova Shaktinsk. Right. <laughs> oh, beautiful Nova You know how much oh, fun it is to... There's almost four puddles of water there. I love it. I've just been really appreciating the name Wyoming throughout this entire episode. Uh, and, yeah, in, these were all mining towns. The, the, there was a neighboring town called Shakti, which Shakti just means mines. That's believe me. Believe me, I'm. I, I, my favorite town in California is this great place. It's just called Porter Potties, and what it is, <laughs> is it's just place. four Porter Potties, and a guy calling himself the mayor sitting on top of the Porter Potties. Yeah. And he says, "This is." He's like, "This is the sister city to our place, a place called Grach in Russia, <laughs> that also means Porter Potties." Porter Potties. That's great, but it's just a bunch of beds there in Russia. <laughs> Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue. Panting, you're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. <laughs> so of course, Chickatillo was a terrible teacher. He no. was uh, awful. Oh, what? He didn't relate to the no children. Bill Nye, the science guy. What? He's no Bill Nye, the science guy. Crazy. <laughs> I thought um, he'd find funny anecdotes and like uh, creative ways to you know, inform people about science. Yep. It's a special book. We have one read. It's called How to Grab Bo- How to Grab Struggling Girl and Make Make Shoot Shoot in Your Crocky Pants. <laughs> Uh, this this is supposed to be math 101. I, uh... Everybody read the pamphlet I wrote. <laughs> okay. 
Mr. Chickatello. Uh, his students uh, described him as introverted, uninterested, and unpleasant. The three worst mm. things you could de- describe a teacher as. Uh, <laughs> colleagues hated him, uh, and one of the reasons why they really didn't like him, and apparently this is a way to cause distrust in Russia, uh, is that he didn't like vodka. He wouldn't go out and drink with them after work. And he really? rarely, rarely drank. Uh, That's what they said. I was one of the investigators. I was watching this great the biography channel doc on on Chikatilo, and they were talking about how like his wife was actually pretty happy with him when they were married because they were. And he literally this detective. He's like, well, you know, uh, he didn't beat her and he wasn't drunk all the time, which <laughs> happened to be uh, a, the status for the Russian husband during the 1960s. <laughs> I think if he could have just communicated the, what he liked, because he could get hard, but he just wanted to grind and wrestle. I mean, a woman would be okay with that yeah i mean but at the time like that that's that's the weird thing about sexual repression in societies is that at the time it was easier for him to rape and murder a woman in order to come than it was to tell your wife hey i like things a little rough yeah yeah he didn't get maxim back then (laughs) yeah that's true there's no porn hub or anything he was just giving her the old sweaty palm (laughs) the uh, (laughs) sperm inside of it that's yeah. So in 1973, uh, that's when Chikatilo committed his first sexual assault on one of his pupils. Uh, him and a lot of his pupils were uh, swimming around in a pond uh, cool. in Shakti. Uh, now, they so- mean gas canister filled with dirty water, right? Yes, yeah, so, yes, yeah. yes. It's Russia. Uh, so he swam towards a 15-year-old girl, groped her uh, breasts and genitals, uh, mm. and the more she screamed, the more exciting he found it. So he just touched her more and more, got her closer and closer Mm. until she screamed until of course he ejaculated into his pants Uh, I would say this if you do meet Mr. Chikatilo act like he's a bee stand still (laughs) don't say anything just stand still he'll leave eventually the other thing to do is just go like ooh mm, I like it I like Mm. it Mr. Chikatilo nothing makes him softer or do what Arnold Schwarzenegger did in the great feature film Predator cover yourself in mud again don't move don't move uh, he uh, in another incident, uh, girls say he would just stand there. He would act like he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Is this the girls' dorm? I didn't realize you girls are undressing for bed." And then he'd just stand there with his hand in his pocket, obviously masturbating right. while oh, looking at him. Oh, he was doing the old porkies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, he wasn't disciplined for any of these. Okay, but let's get into that because that's what's super interesting. Yeah, he was, well, before we get into that, there's one more incident. Uh, another time he, uh, there was a girl that was a problem student. He uh, kept her after class and he whacked her in the small of the back with a ruler until he ejaculated into his pants. Ah, ejaculated in his pants in his again. Pants. Uh, and that's actually, did he that's only a... have one pair of pants? <laughs> yeah. Or was there multiple pairs of pants? I think he's just got the one and you just, you don't want to see them when they're inside out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he wasn't disciplined for this either. Uh, and this is a very interesting thing because, it, as we'll see uh, over the course of these next couple episodes, uh, is that the reason why Chikatilo was able to operate for so long had a lot to do with the Soviet system, the collectivization of uh, the Soviet uh, peoples and the types of things mm-hmm. that they would do. This school, if they would have reported Chikatilo's sexual assaults, since it was a collective they would all be punished for it. 
if so someone interesting. Did, if someone did something good, then everybody would reap the benefits. But if mm-hmm. one person did something bad, then they would all be punished for it, specifically the director of the school. So uh, they would just shuffle him around. Yeah. It they was just, kind of, I mean, honestly, it's it's not too dissimilar to the view that the, that, uh, the Catholic religion has right. with the priests, with the idea of like, if we out, because the reason why they hide these priests is because if we out them, everyone's going to start viewing us as a sea of molesters. Right. And um, what they just don't understand is that we already know they're just a sea of molesters. Right. I mean, well, they the didn't even shuffle them around. He just went to another area where they had never heard of him. There was no, uh, you know, there was no communication between these schools. He gets fired at one school. He just goes to another one. And right. they wouldn't even really, they wouldn't even fire him. They just say like, all right, either resign or, or you're fired. One of the two. Just get out of here. Well, it's about, it's about protecting the shield. Same thing with NYPD office, or not even NYPD, any sort of police officer or stuff like that. They, you know, get in trouble in one station, uh, one, one police station and go to another one without anyone even noticing. Yeah. I mean, it's very common. Very common. And you also ask, what about his wife? Uh, his wife knew about all of this. And uh, actually, when uh, asked about one of the incidents, yeah. uh, she just said offhandedly, just laughing, what do you know? He obviously wanted to try out someone younger. Isn't that? And, and she was also working in a screenplay called Everybody Loves Chickatello. Um, and it was uh, going to be a family sitcom with a laugh yeah, track. Yeah, which featured his tall, mopey brother who was like, Everybody loves Chickatello. Always. And he always, because he's always with the fingering and the mashing of the baby breast. And I have to work at the rock, the, the rock sort yep. of kindergarten where we treat rocks like they are children. <laughs> Huge oh, I love that track. sitcom. Yeah. Great, great show. I love it. So because Chickatello was never, none of these things were ever reported, uh, there was no record. Well, he was too busy filling up the newspaper with love articles. <laughs> <laughs> well, none of them were reported. Uh, so he, ne- and since he never got into trouble with this, and since he was able to go from school to school, he got a very clear message. Do whatever the fuck you want, right. and you will never get in trouble. Absolutely, and it helped to solidify his superiority complex. Yes. Being like, they can't catch me, which is what we see all the time, which is like with serial killers. Like once they start to feel that security of like I'm invincible or I'm invulnerable that's when they start letting their freak flag fly right yeah and there was also that great uh, great sitcom based off of this called Welcome Back Cotter originally it was called Welcome Back Chikatilo (laughs) and that was and again in in the Russian version it was bleaker and longer right yeah in 1978 he got a job as a teacher at a hostel uh, and strangely enough his job at the hostel uh, teaching morality to young boys oh Oh. perfect yeah very perfect Uh, yeah he uh, got caught giving one of of them a blowjob as the Uh. Kid slept. Uh, yeah, that's the, old, that the, it's first, the old problem there. Was that the first gay experience that he had? As uh, far as we know. Okay. Yeah. As, as but we far can as assume we that during his travels, he probably had done some. I Again, mean, like H. H. Holmes used to do when he went to Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, his uh, victims aren't exclusively women. He killed a lot of boys too, a lot of teenage boys. Yeah. Uh, and here's a, another weird thing about Chikatilo is that, and I think this also speaks to the Soviet system at the time. He was s- extremely fucking good at right. working the system. He knew how to get things done in Soviet society. Uh, when he got to, uh, you know, with while this, other people yeah. would struggle to get, like, a one-bedroom hovel, 
he was able to get a four bedroom apartment on school grounds. Right. While that other people, cool. yeah, while other people like struggled to get a shitty two door car, he was right. able to get a luxury vehicle. Like he just knew how to work the system. So well, it's also it kind of says that it kind of says that you had to be yeah. kind of a psychopath to navigate you know the Soviet system at the Andre time. Andre Chikatilo is to communism what Dob Charney is to capitalism. <laughs> the guy for American Apparel. Yeah. He's been benefiting so much. He is a sexual predator by definition. Yes. Um, but that's the, what you do. It's 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 right. it's what they say. It's it, it, I forget what the actual term is, but it's how you basically going mad in mad circumstances just makes you sane. Right. Yeah. And every government system is insane in to some degree so in 1978 and this is rare and i don't believe that we've covered so far as far as our heavy hitters goes i don't think we've covered anyone who waited this old for their first mur murder in 1978 at the age of 42 wow andre finally gets in his first kill he buys a little sex house on the edge of shakti uh no he also bought this house what is interesting is, is that he got this house basically because he had gotten this job using for the russian government and what his job was is that because it was this weird thing with various manufacturer various manufacturers were basically said they they promised to give this much each month and his job was just just go from factory to factory and make sure they were going to deliver this stuff basically just all he did was collect promises from yeah. businesses um, and then he got this extra income and he bought this house of shakti now this was this house was supposed to be for his father to retire to but then we find out that he used it for a little bit of a love shack if you could please <laughs> Q, love shack <laughs> yeah 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 so this house he of course tried out before he didn't get straight into murder after he uh, bought the house he would lure prostitutes <laughs> and drunks back to the house to try to have sex with them uh he's starting oh, to that, feel out no, his I... eventual uh mo he's starting to feel it out right. he's starting to get good at it he brings uh three different six-year-old girls back to the house and uh molests them uh and then on december 22nd 1978 he finds a little Yelena Zotnova, nine years old. Uh, she was walking back home from school. Uh, he started having a conversation with her, and as Henry said earlier, he's got a very he had a very grandfatherly attitude towards him. He was yes. able to get people to trust him, uh, and because he also seemed like a nothing. Yeah. That's a big right. thing about Harmless. these guys. It, we see that with Dahmer, when they said that about Dahmer, and they said the same thing about Dennis Rader, is that they're perfectly nice, but it's like there's nothing. Like he, It's like you wouldn't even think twice about considering him being, I don't know, dangerous, never mind, like, nice. It's like he's just yeah. he's just a nothing. Yeah. The whole situation is so much more disturbing to me now because I can't get the B-52s out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I just hear, I don't want to hear that song ever again because I'm just going to think of Chikatilo, six-year-olds, nine-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, yes. it's going to get much worse. Uh, he tried to rape the little girl. As soon as she got, gets in, he takes her down to the floor. He covers her mouth. Uh, and, of course, he... he can't get hard, so he tries to shove his soft penis into her vagina. Her mm. hymen breaks, and when her hymen breaks, this is his first sight of blood. And he, as soon as he sees that blood, he immediately ejaculates. And this is, for the first time, this is when he realizes that the sight of blood turns him on more than anything else in the world. Uh, I right. will say that this is also, a, 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 I, I, to be honest, I can't help but feel that a part of this is due to the fact that Russia was never allowed to get ketchup. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was a mustard country. <laughs> 
<laughs> and if you're a mustard country, it's where you're one of the sadder countries around. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, but that, that is, uh, yeah. 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 Yes. And it gets worse. Mm. Uh, wanting to replicate Did, that. Was he hard, do you think, when he ejected? Because you don't have to be hard. No. Really. No, he was never hard. You're right. It wasn't about it wasn't about the heart. It was about the shoot. He yeah. needed he, yeah. he never got to experience the feeling of orgasm until it happened. Yeah. Uh and it gets worse. Uh he find he wanted he figures out like okay, it's definitely the blood that made me came. I right. want that to happen again. So he gets out a little knife that he had started carrying around with him after a bunch of his students tried to beat him up in an alleyway. I wonder why. Uh I probably just dickhead. The kids wanted to learn that bad, you know? (laughs) Now, that's how Rush is, that a bunch of kids can surround a teacher in an alleyway and beat the shit out of them. Uh, But after he grabs the knife uh, and just stabs her in the stomach over and over again, by the time he's done, the body is barely recognizable. Uh, And he said later, after he had done that, he said that he felt as if he had been freed from the shackles which had bound him. So that was really his Susan Boyle moment (laughs) when everyone just looked at him like an elderly man who had no talent. And then he opened opened up his knife and showed the world what he could do. Yep. And so they, he took the body, and and he panicked as soon as he as soon as he figured out what he as soon as he had the calm down, like he right. panicked. It was he the t- same thing with Dahmer on his first kill. Yeah, when he had when he you do it in the passion and the throw of the moment, and then what the fuck, and then you immediately you wake up and you're like, what did I do? Because that's why they talk about it all the time it, the mm-hmm. separation of your personality. You can compartmentalize, and you put it and you put that in a little section. You don't think about the the man part of you that killed the little girl. Well, I don't think that Dahmer could really. Uh, compartmentalize like that. I think he was just like beer. Beer me. Yes. Um, as soon <laughs> as he would come, beer had... me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've always had sympathy for Dahmer because he had to medicate himself so hard just to even do it. Yeah. And but this does seem like a strange leap for him. Why all of a sudden the kids? Is it just access? I mean, no, he had been molesting kids for right. years and years. But it, but as young as this six has and been nine? A, this has obviously been a thought in his brain for a long yeah. time. Yeah, he likes he's the way even they talk about it in the confession when they get it later on is that he liked to say it's like spur of a moment. But even investigators were saying it's like this is obviously a fantasy he had had and he had right. built. Yeah, and for he a had, long time. Yeah, he had molested his wife's niece. You know, see, way yeah. back in the day, he had been molesting kids of all ages. It was and all it's about the power. Thing. It's the exact same thing. Dahmer had the same fantasy about picking up the hitchhiker and bringing him back to the house. And then, if you just, it's basically the fantasy just came through for him. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you're, it's like your dream is now alive, yeah. and you're yeah. living in a dream world, doing that, doing the thing you always kind of thought you would do, but then never believing it actually happened. Yeah. Minus the fact that he did work in a brick factory, which is the Russian equivalent of working in a chocolate factory, <laughs> I think that he is more BTK. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely more BTK. Uh, and... So he has the body on his hands. He doesn't know what to do with it. So he just takes it outside. He throws it in a river behind his uh, behind right. his shack, and they find her two days later. And this is the first, with his very first murder, he almost gets caught. And we'll see this over and over and over again. He gets almost caught because this starts from 1978 to 1992. I mean, this starts a 12-year murder spree. What you find out is that in, in Russian law enforcement, they really want you to have... Uh, a past, a criminal past. Yeah. And so it's like everybody they were looking at, the reason why basically he slipped their their attention was because he didn't, well, he was never on the books for molesting kids for years as a teacher. Yeah. 
and there was a ton of evidence uh, linking Andre to this. There was a spot of blood from the little girl's body on snow outside of his house. There was testimony from neighbors that they saw Andre there that night. Yeah. Uh, they said There was testimony from neighbors that said that they had seen him entering the house with young girls prior to that. There was even a witness saying that Andrew talked with the little girl the day of the murder. However, Soviet police went ahead and arrested a guy named Alexander Kravchenko instead. He lived a few doors down from uh, his uh, from the sex house, and he had been convicted of murder in uh, Crimea seven years previous. Uh, in fact, Andre sure. just kept going. Like, every time you'd be like, hey, Boris, hey, how you doing, bro? How you feeling, man? <laughs> yeah, you remember that little girl I had there yesterday? That right. little tiny girl I brought, I brought into my weird fucking broke down like fuck shot <laughs> I fucking killed her bro I was down fucked up alright I'll be seeing you Boris <laughs> I just had the strangest conversation with Mr. Uh, Ch- Chickatillo Ch- Chickatillo Chick- I never even met him before there man well either way I'm cat sitting for him next week so. yeah <laughs> be fine but if, if they would have indicted him if they would have accused him of this crime it would have been accusing the entire school the entire community right well yeah. this had nothing to do with the school itself like they didn't well, even... now he's sort of a made man he's yes. kind of a russian made man at this point because that's what they said because each time you're also going to see his ties to the communist party got him out of everything so when which you could also could imagine solidified that for him when you're made in america you get to be a romney you get to be like part of an italian mafia system you get to a huge house in long island but when you're made in russia you get to have a fuck shack in the woods <laughs> yes um, so that's just one of the cultural differences um. Uh, well, I mean, and so the the guy that was arrest, eventually arrested for the crime, uh, he was executed for it. That, like, so, and they straight up do that real quick. Yeah. Too. When they like when in Russian law enforcement, if you're sentenced to death, it's literally like three days later, and they just pop you in the back of the head. Well, this it's guy real was fast. We well, yeah, eventually, I mean, uh, initially the judge saw that the case the case against this guy was very circumstantial. Must so the judge gave him a fair, a comparatively lenient sentence at first. Yeah. But in Russian law at the time, you could not only appeal a conviction, you could also appeal a um. A, yeah, you a could sentence. Yeah, you could appeal a sentence, and so due to yeah. uh, you know pressure from the community, they appealed the uh, the sentence, and he was sentenced to death. So I, I actually just watched Devil's Knot, which is the movie about the West Memphis Three uh, individuals, and yeah, so they got caught up in this whole panic as well as a uh, community for this one guy. And this, I mean, I'm assuming the guy that lived three doors down from um, Andre's sex shack wasn't great. No, you no, know, no, no, no. He, he was wasn't probably being kind cool. of a schmuck. You know, it wasn't like he was out there like helping kids with no legs, like play baseball. That guy was probably also jerking off in front of like some kind of like any sort of general store. Right. But um, he wasn't guilty of that specific crime. Right. Yeah. Well, they did arrest him while he was stealing a car. Uh, but again, yeah. stealing a car and raping yeah, and murdering that that a six-year-old. I thought yeah. that was the uh, Rostov's public transportation. I thought you had a hot wire, a, a fucking, a, a, a guinea track. I don't know what they're called. Like those <laughs> yeah. little, like, like golf carts that they have everywhere. I mean, to be fair, they just found him carrying a wheel, and they were like, that's close enough. It's close enough to a Russian car. car. Oh, the wheel, that's one-fourth of car. You could sit on the wheel. It's almost like yeah. stealing chair. The Yugo, right? The, the Yugo. That was a Russian, yeah. was a Russian vehicle. Yeah. That, was, that, was a, that was a form of war. By the way, the, the Yugo. U- yeah, they killed millions, uh, tens of thousands of Americans died in the Yugo. <laughs> so Andre's second murder, and this is the one where he almost, I mean, unlike a lot of other guys who eventually get more and more comfortable with it, Andre goes from 
first murder being panicked to second murder being totally cool with it. And again, yeah. we see this is a three-year delay in between the first two murders. It's exactly like Dahmer. Yeah. Um, the massive cooling-off period. Apparently, he left there and basically, like, he was like, I don't want to kill again. I'm just going to try and be normal with my family, but that just didn't work. Yep. Well, you know, there hasn't been a repeat Super Bowl winner since 1999 in the NFL. Uh, so it's just difficult to go back to back years, you know. On September third, nineteen eighty-one, Andre picked up uh, a girl named Larissa uh, Tichenko. Uh, she was seventeen. He picked her up at a bus stop, which is going to be another one of his mo's: picking up kids at the bus. Right. Uh, because the bus system, like the public transportation system in Russia, is notoriously unreliable uh, and unpredict- unpredictable. Yeah, it's weird. It seems it's weird to think because it's. Seems like bus drivers in Russia must be like on the ball. Oh, totally <laughs> sober at all times. And in Rostov, where a lot of these happen, where this one definitely happened, uh, there was just a large supply of runaways and drug addicts, uh, a lot of teenagers, and just generally people who felt like they had absolutely nothing to lose. Uh, so right. Andre promised this girl vodka. He's like, let's go drink some vodka and relax. And so he led her out into the woods uh, and held her down uh, and started, she started screaming and he started just shoving mud into her mouth Mm. uh, to keep her quiet. He beat her. He choked her to death. uh, He ejaculated in his pants. And as soon as she died, he uh, bit off one of her nipples. He Uh, bit it off. He bit it off, which is something that he would do over and over again. Uh, Mm. And, of course, this one, he... The feeling that he had in this one was pure joy. He grabbed yeah, her he clothes. Did it like Eddie Murphy, like, I'm in love, we're in love, <laughs> like that, like, run down mm-hmm. the street. Party all the time, party all the time. He grabbed her clothes. He started throwing them around. He was. He did a little dance around the body, whooping and hollering. Uh, right. And cal- once he calmed down, and this would be, he has a sort of strange ritual that would escalate and would, uh, I guess, evolve throughout the years, but he did have a strange ritual of dancing around the body after he killed them. Yeah. Uh, and and that is just, that's just straight morbid. <laughs> you know what that I mean? is morbid, yeah. And that's, so that's really strange. I mean, I think if we did transplant, get the baby out of the picture, but we just take Chicatello dancing and put him into a string cheese incident concert, he would probably look like real cool. Also, if we did a thing, you know, if he had just draped himself with the dead body and was dancing around and his name was Lady Gaga, he would have gotten scot-free with the thing because of the way fashion's going these days. This guy could have been a comedian. He could have been a pop star. But unfortunately, he was born in Hormador. (laughs) During the Holodomor. Holodomor. He was in the Ukraine. He was was in in the the Ukraine. Ukraine. Just say Ukraine. Just say Ukraine. Just say Ukraine. Uh, So... After this, uh, he calms down and he immediately starts rationalizing it in his brain. She deserved it. She yep. was going to come with me for sex anyway. Uh, she was a loose woman. He started to think himself, think right. of himself as an exterminator, and thus a missionary killer is born. They always yep. do. Yeah. I mean, and he starts thinking of himself much like Gary Ridgway, that yep. he is exterminating the dregs of society. That and he now you is have the put here as a purpose. For- 
Wait, and then you have the perfect mm-hmm. recipe for literally one of the most brutal serial killers uh, ever. And we'll get into the majority of his crimes next week. But he is just, you have the, it's the perfect package. Like missionary killer, highly evolved sexual impulse put into his killings and uh, a feeling of invincibility and superior. He is, uh, he's a fucking real monster. I mean, it goes to, everyone feels like they're doing good. Yeah. You know, and no one wants to think that they're an actual monster. So you have to twist reality to such a degree to think that you're actually doing a public service. Yeah. Part of a part of being a serial killer is being a validation machine. You have yeah. to create the reality in which you can re- exist because that's the idea is that you're building your own reality. Dahmer's most specifically when he talks about like building his fucking like his worship room and the altar and all that shit. It's that you're making reality for yourself. Right. Terrible. Yeah, so this though. guy was it was decidedly not cool. No. no. Oh, not a cool. No, none of these people are cool. No. They're they're monsters and extremely stupid individuals. But yeah, this guy. But this guy was just you know, it's just an example. You know, you have an old man who comes to your house and he says right. like, "Oh, please let me come inside. Oh, my knees aren't the arms yeah, you know bones." If you if you have an old man that wants to come in your house, mm-hmm. uh, just don't let him because he's gonna try and uh, grab you till he comes in his pants. Well, if you do let him into your house, break both of his knees before he gets in the front door. Yes. <laughs> you got to cripple him, and yep. then it's fine. And, yeah, well, next week we're going to get into uh, the next eight years of Chikatilo's life in which he will murder an additional 54 people. Right. He goes yeah, on a run it's bad, there. man. Yeah. He's a, he's a bad fella. Um, but he also Make sure speaks- you check out A to Z Thursdays on NBC, sir. That's <laughs> right. Second. And don't be a communist. Do not don't be a, be a fucking communist. Don't They're not going to help you, bro. No, no. it's not. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And, uh, Hell yes. Of course, go to the Facebook page and send uh, send the messages over what Cave Comedy Radio at CaveComedyRadio at gmail.com. Gmail, go to, yeah. if you would uh, like a last podcast t-shirt, and I'll admit there is a bit of a delay on the t-shirts yeah. right now because we're having a, because the design is so fucking awesome yeah. because uh, a lot of the detail we're, we're really working with the mom and pop company so it's like yeah. it, but it's this happening stuff, but believe it, me when yeah. this shit's done it's going to be done it's being done very soon we're having a test print done today and it is going to be very high quality it's yeah, good, yeah absolutely and if you want your own shirt go to cavecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left and uh, if you donate $25 or more in the US or $40 or more international uh, you will get a free last podcast on the left t-shirt and don't forget about the cave comedy Radio Sausage Party Uh-oh. on October 5th. It's going to be starting about 3 p.m. Cooking some sausages and bratwurst in the backyard. Yeah. Then we're going to have a uh, sweet-ass multimedia podcast show that will not be recorded. It will only exist once. Then we're going to go upstairs for a stand-up show featuring all of your cave comedy, favorite cave comedy radio personalities. We're going to have the trial, the mystery pooper, the roundtable trial. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to round it all out with an hour-long set from the Cowman featuring myself, Old McNeely, Doug Austin, uh, Devin Castali and Carla Goodspeed downstairs at about 10 o'clock. And if you play your cards right, Eddie will, pro- will probably try to kiss you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. going to be his birthday as well. Yes. And I guarantee you, much like Chicatello, he won't be hard. <laughs> um, and if you suspect- it's the whiskey that does yeah. it. And sniff around your schools if you're in the uh, if you're in universities or college. See if there's any bad ones out there, some bad teachers. Oh, and if you want to hear uh, more lives. shows with me and Ben, go to cavecomedyradio.com and listen to the roundtable of gentlemen and Abe Lincoln stop at. 
That's um, also, I will say that this, this, I would say that Andre Chikatilo is the direct opposite to the Van Halen song, Hot for Teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Hail yourselves. Right. Hail Satan. Hail my sweet, sweet Dark Lord Satan and thank mm. him for his gifts. That's right. I'm sorry. That was intense. Megustalations. Hail me! Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Your home is your place of peace. It's clean. It's welcoming. <sighs> and it's definitely not crawling with invading insects if you use Ortho Home Defense Max. Use it indoors on non-porous surfaces to treat and prevent cockroaches, spiders, and ants for up to 12 months. So your home can stay your place of peace, your work-from-home office, and your family's headquarters. Kill bugs inside, keep bugs outside, and love your home. Visit ortho.com for more.